Hello there, I am Kid Champagne, and we are back. And I also have him with me. It's your boy, Primetime, here with Kid Champagne for another episode of Electrifying RKO. That's right, and we are back, and we are still continuing the road to WrestleMania. And the road to WrestleMania 40 is shaping up. We have, It's coming down live uh, April 6th and 7th at Lincoln Financial Field at Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Now, what a road has truly been on. Now, prime time, we've been watching some Raws and some Smackdowns, all leading up to the final pay-per-view before WrestleMania and it hap- it happened on um Saturday, yesterday lovely time of 5 a.m. in our time cuz the elimination chamber from Perth Australia oh yes this was <laughs> very unique in regards to they had the they had the pay-per-view in or the premium live event in Australia, the first time that they held an elimination chamber in Australia. And this was, this was a, and then, you know, you have, I think there were three native Australians on the show. You had Grayson Waller, who had a talk show. You had Indy Hartwell, who was in a women's tag team title match. And, of course, you had the poster child, Dia, the Miss Brutality mommy herself, Rhea Ripley, who actually wound up being in the main event of Elimination Chamber. But before we get to the main event, let's go through each one of the matches just to go over a what happened in the match and b what type of implications this showed in regards to WrestleMania, as we know that Elimination Chamber is the last pay per view event before the show of shows. So now the first match. Like I mentioned before, was the pre-show match, which was a tag team title match between the Kabuki Warriors and Candice LeRae and the Australian Indy Hartwell. Now, in this match, um, the Kabuki Warriors wound up winning. Of Damage Control wound up winning um, with a sane elbow from the top rope. Now, in regards to this match, we do know that Bailey will wind up challenging Eel Sky for the WWE Women's Championship. And right now, the Kabuki Warriors, who are part of Damage Control, are currently holding the tag team titles. Now, Candice LeRae and Amy Harwell were unsuccessful in regards to that. However, Bailey is with, I believe it's Dakota Kai, who are helping them against damage control. Do you think, Kid Champagne, that there's a chance that maybe Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell would join 
in the Bailey faction against Damage Control? I can see it's very likely that they can form a, a new type of faction. Could we see Bailey come back to that Huggers persona? Or in some type of hybrid way? All else to see, but the match is going to be set at WrestleMania by Io Sky versus Bailey as she won the Women's Royal Rumble. I, I mean, I thought it was going to be taking a turn for how it was. I've, I mean, I I would have loved to see Bailey versus Rhea Ripley. I felt that would be a match because, in all honesty, I think the t- the the title that is the most coveted and definitely made more interesting is the Women's World Heavyweight Championship. But as we can see for... We'll we'll go into that in a moment. But I still feel it's going to be one match. I think it's going to... Io Sky versus Bayley. It's going to be great at WrestleMania. Do agree with that as well, and I do believe that Eoskai is making a name for herself. I believe she's held the belt now for about 100, 200 days. Remember, she did cash in to win that belt, um, but it's been nice to see her able to hold on to that belt, whether it be through legitimate matches, legitimate wins with no help from damage control, or the ones in which she needed damage control's help in order to survive now getting into um, Kid Champagne's um, segue we had the first match on the actual pay-per-view was the women's elimination chamber match for the title shot for the women's world championship now in this match you had Becky Lynch the man, Becky Lynch, the returning Naomi, Tiffany Stratton, who's a new newcomer from NXT, um, was in this match. Then you had Liv Morgan, who was returning from an injury, Raquel Rodriguez, who was returning from an injury as well, and the EST of WWE, Bianca Belair. Now, Kid Champagne, um, can you go over what happened in this match and what it means for the Women's World Championship at WrestleMania? (laughs) Well, I have to say, to the one who's going after for now for Rhea Ripley, it's going to be intense. But I have to tell you, I was... I mean, I feel the one who won the women's elimination chamber match. I- I'm sorry. You, it, we know it fought through that elimination chamber. Becky Lynch won that match, but I am sorry. The one that I felt that has it all should have go- should have won was Liv Morgan. I was so upset that she got eliminated from that match. 
And can you go into that a little bit more, Kit Champagne? Why Liv Morgan? I feel she has something to fight for. I mean, she has fought in this career. I felt that this was her time. She even put that in the Royal Rumble. I was rooting for her in the Royal Rumble to win. She, she didn't. But I feel like it is Liv Morgan's time. She has, she has covered it all. Uh, Becky Lynch. She has done it already. She's she's done it all. She won the Royal Rumble. She won at WrestleMania in many championships. Just like I feel like if you put in like Charlotte Flair. I'm sorry, I don't want to see Charlotte Flair. She's proved herself. Liv Morgan is the person I feel has is is now the that underdog that feel that feeds the her WrestleMania moment. I even feel that Bailey has more to prove than Becky Lynch at this time. She has been there, but she hasn't been on par for what Becky Lynch. Um, I think Charlotte Flair is done with WWE. I think her contract, and I don't know if she renewed it or not. But Bailey is on that caliber of Becky Lynch, but she has more to prove. But it's time for uh, someone as Liv Morgan to to be that up-and-coming uh, superstar. I do agree with you, Kid Champagne, that Liv Morgan definitely was returning from an injury. She definitely was an upward trajectory. Also remember, she, before EO Sky, she was the one who had cashed in Money in the Bank, and she had a decent title run um, fighting the fighting the lights of Ronda Rousey during that title run, which was cut short, and then she was subsequently injured, and she was on an upward trajectory when she started in Raw, but then it was cut short due to her injury. But now, she's back, and hopefully after WrestleMania, she can get back on that role. And it'll be very interesting to see what they plan to do with Liv Morgan at WrestleMania. Well, this is where <coughs> speculations are coming into that match. Now, we know Rhea Ripley is going to face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania now. I have to tell you, if she, she beat Nia Jax... Now that okay, going to the she is unstoppable. She is the man to beat. She is the world heavyweight champion. I said it before. She's making this interesting, but I wouldn't be surprised, and I would welcome it that they put Liv Morgan in that match with her and Becky Lynch in WrestleMania, make it a triple threat match. I wouldn't be surprised in that either. Liv has definitely come through with some very and take this them. and take this now. the The beauty of a triple threat match in this scenario, which has been happening so many times, <coughs> is that even you can be the champion, and you don't have to get pinned or submitted to lose that championship. Very true. And how many times has that happened? Happened to Kurt Angle twice. 
it happened to Roman Reigns. It happened to Brock Lesnar. The Rock. So many things in those triple threat matches that that you can still and your reputation does not get tarnished. Very true, because you never took the pin. So, it could be a win lose, a a, a win win, a lose lose, or a win lose situation. Very true, <laughs> and we can only think that. If mommy were to lose her title without actually being defeated for it, she would be very, very upset. And so would her her faction mates in the Judgment Day. So seeing that, let's move into the next match, which was the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus the new team, of Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, um, now known as the New Catch Republic, the NCR. Now, regarding this match, this was a undisputed tag team championship match. The Judgment Day did wind up prevailing. Uh, um, there was a double choke slam by Damian Priest, and then followed up by Finn Balor's to the Raw. Now, going into this match, me personally. Did I, re- did I think that the new Catch Republic was going to win the titles? No. I really didn't. It did not seem plausible. This is a brand new team that just started tagging because they just now re- rebranded Pete Dunne again after making him Pete Dunne, and then they made him Butch, and now they made him back to Pete Dunne. I mean, it's great. They're both, him and Tyler Bate are both on the main roster. Very good wrestlers. However, I did not feel that this was the time for the Judgment Day to lose those titles to a team like that. Especially with them beating other teams such as the Street Profits, the um, DIY. They've been through the Creeds, even though that one was controversial. They've been through a slew of tag teams, and I'm not sure what tag team it's going to be that's going to take down the Judgment Day. I do guarantee we will see them at WrestleMania. Now, Kid Champagne, what are your thoughts on that match? I think it was a definitely, I have to agree with you, it was a good match. I knew that the Judgment Day of Finn Balor and Damian Priest was going to win it. Because I'll be honest with you. They're the dominant tag team in the tag team division, the Judgment Day, with Finn Balor and Damian Priest. They're, and let's just face it, the, the tag team division in the WWE hasn't been... I mean, it's been fixed before, but I still feel like it's broken. Look... You have the Viking Raiders, which is a general solid tag team. DIY now it is a solid tag team. But that the charismatic with the tag team division 
is not there. It's still not. The Usos carried it for five, six straight years. The New Day is not what they used to be. Mm -hmm. That was the team that carried it before the Usos. They were charismatic. They were the entertaining uh, tag team champions for the New Day since Edging Christian. Mm-hmm. I agree with that completely. I mean, let's just face it. In the, in the 2000s, like, the, the WWE had tag team glory from the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, Edging Christian. You know, um... I mean, those are my favorite times. Those are the, the the best of the favorite tag teams that I have, including Too Cool and The Rock and Sock Connection, the DX, the New Age Outlaws. Those are the times that the tag teams were great. You need to get solid, charismatic tag teams to carry this division. Not just have one tag team dominate divisions every three years. We need to have those. That's what I liked about when the tag teams with the Dudley Boys, the in the Edging Christian and the Hardy Boys. It was just even though it was mostly them back and forth, back and forth. It was really entertaining, and they carried the tag team division. And you can put another tag team together to fight for them, and it would still be great. And I think that's what we have, what we don't have, as you were pointing on, Kitchen. We don't have, we've had teams that were very good, like the New Day and the Usos, but they never, it's never been like, oh, you have two tag teams that are really good at the same time battling each other. It seems like just one team takes over, then another team takes over, then another team takes over. There's no battle. There's no rivalry. There's none of that. There's no. There's none of that at all. Which, to go back to your point, is why the tag team division is still lacking in WWE. You mentioned the Viking Raiders. Um, I believe it's Eric. Eric's out with an injury. Ivar has just been, you know, just doing what he can to kind of keep the Viking Raiders alive. The Street Profits are now with Bobby Lashley. The Final Testament's around, so now they you got AOP who are back and trying to make a trying to come back in the tag team scene. I haven't seen Alpha Academy tag in a very long time. I'm not sure if Otis or Chad Gable are out with an injury. So yeah, it's just tough to find that other tag team that's going to go against the Judgment Day and give them rivalry. I mean, you had a chance with Cody and Jey Uso, but they're two singles wrestlers. They're not a tag team, which honestly is how the Judgment Day started because Damian Priest was a former United States champion. Finn Balor was a former Universal United States Intercontinental Champion. They were both singles wrestlers. Damian, I mean, Damian Priest still has the money in the bank. He's a singles wrestler. But they just put them together in the tag team and it just seems to work. And that's the best they got. 
it almost reeks of RK bro again, which you know I always would be a fan of. Yeah, and, and that and hey that and, and that still worked, and even though there there are times where these tag teams like The Rock and Mick Foley, The Rock and Sock Connection, it worked. In these form, you just need to get like two or three solid good tag teams to go back and forth. And if the title switches hands a few a few times, that's gonna give you your tag team division. When it came to like you know the tables ladder tables ladders and chairs match with Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys, it started that chain where like this is great. We love the tag team. It's been going so. It goes to them. It goes. It it it, it was like a form triangle, and it worked. Mm-hmm. We're never gonna see that type of creativity again, or maybe we will. But it was still a solid match. But I would love to see a good couple of solid tag teams going at it for those titles. But until Absolutely. then. Those tag team titles is still going to be the undisputed tag because we don't need two tag team championships. We don't. We really don't. I absolutely agree. There's not enough tag teams to have two two tag teams. There's not two tag team championships. There's not enough. There's not enough tag teams to do that. But what there is right now is still two world heavyweight titles or two main titles for the men's division which is what the next elimination chamber was about if you wanted to go over that oh yes yes i do that was a very entertaining entertaining match and i do know a few things we had um in that match we had randy orton Logan Paul, Kevin Owens, L.A. Knight. And we also had Drew McIntyre. Uh-huh. And was there another one? There was another one. Oh, yes. Jimmy Uso. Was it? Mm. No. No, Jay, no, Jimmy nor Jay were there. It was... Oh, you had... You had Lashley. Yeah, Bobby Lashley. Oh, that's it. Bobby Lashley. Yeah, Bobby Lashley. Yeah. And that that was a solid match. And for, you know, one of the experience was that Randy Orton was the most experienced wrestler in all those Elimination Chamber matches. But I still feel the rivalry... Between Kevin Owens and Logan Paul is still on that check. I mean, they they fought hard. <laughs> well, out of, out of the end income, but what Logan Paul did was totally something. He, and who goes in on it? Drew McIntyre punches his ticket to WrestleMania. And he's going to face Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. Absolutely. 
What did you and think of that match, Prime Time? So, I definitely agree. The match was very entertaining. Um, I believe both the men's and women's Elimination Chamber matches were very good. I was excited to see Logan Paul in this Elimination Chamber match because I did not think he was going to actually make it into the chamber because everybody's still saying Logan Paul, he's a part-timer, he's not really a wrestler, but now with the fact that he's been to a couple WrestleManias, he's done the Royal Rumble, he's gotten some wins, he's holding the United States Championship as of right now, and he did the Elimination Chamber match in which I believe he got speared through a pod by Bobby Lashley. Man, if you're trying to say he's not a wrestler, I beg to differ. I'm, I'm beginning to take him as a celebrity status and say this guy is a bona fide wrestler. I'm not going to say that he's going to be doing house shows and wrestling every single time SmackDown comes around on TV. But I am going to say that he is definitely a wrestler. So it was very... I was, uh, I was very excited to see him in the match. Um, what do you think about... What do you think about Logan Paul so far, Kishim? I think Logan Paul is killing it as a heel. I, I mean, I just... I love the charismatic that he brings. He reminds me a little bit of Edge and Christian combined. I think he's I think he's ha- I think he's had it. I mean, there is I I there is one sort of dream match I would love Logan Paul to be in and say this as you want, but I think he's also can be talented and he has pulled it off in past WrestleManias and I'm talking about Bad Bunny. Have Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny. Now, that can be a great match. That is very true. Um, definitely two celebrities, if you want to use those in quotations, who have definitely showed the ability to carry on very lengthy matches and have also shown up in the Royal Rumble. Now... To get back to the Elimination Chamber, we talked about Logan Paul. Um, Bobby Lashley was kind of lost in the weeds, in my opinion. This one, he was there. Uh, You know, he's Bobby Lashley, almighty, you know, big star. But, you know, he kind of was there and then had his moment doing the spear and then he was gone. Um, L.A. Knight, of course, was there. Everybody was behind him. And he didn't really lose any momentum off of his big push that he's doing so far since he was eliminated by AJ Styles coming in and hitting him with a steel chair. Obviously setting up a match between the two for WrestleMania. Um, I'm not surprised by this at all. I'm also pretty sure LA Knight's going to win that match um, just because of the push that he's on so far. I am kind of disappointed to see that LA Knight, who had been talking about, I will be a champion, I will be a champion, is no closer to being a champion. 
as of yet. It may be so, but maybe they're going to push that. Maybe he, L.A. Knight will be the next Mr. Money in the Bank come July. Maybe so. For my my actual honest opinion was that L.A. Knight was going to go after Logan Paul regarding the United States Championship. They were going to have their they're going to have their feud. They're going to have a nice little promo battle, battle, and then at WrestleMania, LA Knight defeats Logan Paul, finally gets the championship. But it looks like the plans have changed in regards to that. Um, AJ Styles is somebody who could is going to be a great match. It's AJ Styles. Um, AJ Styles can lose and lose and lose, and it will not hurt AJ Styles at all. He will still be one of the greatest wrestlers ever. Um, not just in WWE, but ever. Um, to go forward regarding that match, we had Randy Orton. Ah, Randy, 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 Randy. I mean, uh, just a brief moment about Kevin Owens. He was there. Kind of like Bobby Lashley, he was there. Okay, he was gone. Um, Randy Orton eliminated, I believe, two wrestlers via RKO's, showing its out-of-nowhere capabilities, especially on the second one when Logan Paul had the brass nuts ready to hit somebody in the face and then got RKO'd. However, then Logan Paul came back and hit Randy with those brass nuts, which then caused Drew McIntyre in order to win that match. Now, obviously, I don't believe, if I know my favorite wrestler, Randy Orton, the Viper, he is not the one who is going to take Logan Paul, costing him a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship very lightly. I have a feeling we're going to see at WrestleMania a triple threat match for the United States Championship. Logan Paul versus Randy Unger versus Kevin Owens. And that will be definitely a great match. And uh, so now let's get back to the let's get to the winner. I'm actually happy it was I like Drew McIntyre. Now let's just fit Drew McIntyre had a great title run back when it was WrestleMania. 36 at Tampa Bay. It, he 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 had it, but there was one thing, you know, Drew McIntyre never got the pomp and circumstance that he deserved. He won the Royal Rumble and went in to face Brock Lesnar. But his, uh, his pomp and circumstances was uncontrolled because of COVID, where, how they had to have WrestleMania 36. Yes, with no fans in attendance at all. And that definitely, you know, it shows a bit in regards to his title run that the fact that, you know, he had Drew McIntyre on top of the world, but nobody there to show him, to see him in person. None of the real, like you said, grandeur of other WWE champions now, my issue with this is now this is Drew's third opportunity at the World Heavyweight Championship since 
Seth Rollins first won the belt. Now, the first time and he lost, okay, I can get it. Now, the second time, it was heel Drew McIntyre, and he lost. Now we're going to do it a third time. A third time with the same heel Drew McIntyre. And unless there's maybe some bloodline interference, I can't see it going any different. Now, if this bloodline interference then leads to the match that everybody wants to see again, which is Reigns and Rollins, I'm all for it. Otherwise, I don't. I personally don't understand why Drew is getting another chance. My only thing is that. I have a feeling that Drew is going to win the title because speculation shows that Rollins' contract is up or he wants to take some time off after WrestleMania. So we're going to see how this plays out. We will, we will. So now let's get to the main event. Rhea Ripley defeating Nia Jax in her home country of Australia in order to retain the Women's World Championship. Now, I don't think anybody was surprised by this at all, especially when you found out it was going to be in Australia. We are Ripley's from Australia. It's in the main event. That's one thing. Number two thing, and this is no disrespect to her, this is Nia Jax. Nia Jax it has come back, and she's been doing very well, but I did not see Nia Jax as the person you want holding this belt. And the one to stop Rhea Ripley's winning streak. I didn't see her as that person because she's just Nia Jax. She's held the, the, the Women's Championship at one point. <laughs> But I don't believe she was the one. No. You want my honest opinion on this prime time? I will tell you what Nia Jax really is. Nia Jax is your modern day female big show. Mediocre in some ways. Strength. But when it comes to it, Falls short. I was rooting for Ripley. I know this is kind of like heel versus heel. In a way. And when they go out as the main event. I mean she, it's in her hometown. And she is the. She is the. She is the one. She's the face of the WWE for the women right now. She holds the title. She made. When. When you hold that title, your your responsibility is to make that title the best prize in the business. And we're seeing that being done. Gunther, the Intercontinental Champion, is making that title interesting. As, and, it, and that's the thing with these titles. They come 
they come through, and then they fall through, and then they come. It all depends on how you are. It's the, your character depends on how that title will be coveted. Absolutely. And <coughs> you can say that so far, Rhea and Seth have been doing well with the men's and women's world championships, respectively. They've definitely been defending them. And definitely, in this case, the wrestlers are making those titles relevant. Same thing with Gunther in regards to the new Intercontinental Championship, the way it looks now. I believe the new Intercontinental Championship needed a reign like this in order to kind of put in the past the old Intercontinental title belt. That's just saying how the belt looks. For me personally, you'll never get rid of the old icy title. The numerous Hall of Famers who have held that title, Savage, Warrior, Hart, HBK, Ramon, Rock, Austin, Triple H, Orton, Jericho. Jericho, Benoit, Angle. You just can't Guerrero. You you really can't go you really can't get rid of that old Intercontinental Championship belt and just the the lights of who have held it. Gunther is doing a very good job with the belt. Props off to him. And what is going to be interesting? Now, I know we know Rhea Ripley is going to WrestleMania to go against the man Becky Lynch. Maybe possibly Liv Morgan if they decide to do a triple threat. What do you do with not only the women that were in that chamber? So you had Tiffany, who's very fairly new. Yeah, Bianca Belair who's got to be on WrestleMania. There's just no way you're going to leave Bianca Belair off WrestleMania. So Bianca needs to do something. Naomi just came back. She needs to do something. Mm. Liv needs to do something. And now Nia Jax, who was on this incredible run, but now has been derailed. Does she get a WrestleMania moment? Or do we just say goodbye to Nia Jax until, you know, after WrestleMania? What are your thoughts in regards to the where the women go at this point in champion? You have to have Bianca Belair in in WrestleMania. Now she's going after Tiffany. By all means. Naomi that just came back, to be honest with you, I don't know if the Although there is the women's tag team championships, pair Naomi with someone, someone else. Because the last time Naomi was in that, she was part of the women's tag team titles. So to bring her back to go and face for the title that she didn't lose. That's a very interesting plot. That's a very interesting storyline. I can see them using that. But who do you pair her with? Hmm. 
you could do Bianca since Bianca's never held the tag team titles. No, she hasn't. You could do Bianca, make Bianca a triple crown winner. Uh, you could do Naomi. No, I mean you could do Liv Morgan, but I feel like it's no. I feel Liv, Liv Morgan. Morgan should go in for the for the women's with with Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. I think Nia Jax might be the key to that. This is very true. Um, Nia Jax's family, because Nia Jax is related to Jimmy Uso. Okay, we got Jimmy the Uso bloodline. Is married to Naomi. So, with this being said, the whole bloodline reenacted. Yet. With Paul Heyman, yes, I'm now putting pulling this together. Naomi and Nia Jax together to face the Kabuki Warriors for the Women's Tag Team Championship at WrestleMania. With a certain person in their corner, Paul Heyman. You know what would be even crazier? In their corner, NXT general manager, The Rock's daughter, Ava. And with The Rock back, with the Raw after WrestleMania, with the whole bloodline connected. There's also, there's also been speculation prime time that Rikishi is coming back. I can definitely see that because it looks like we're going to do Jimmy versus Jay at WrestleMania. Those are his sons, including with uh, Solo Sokoa. So I could definitely see Rikishi coming back, either making an appearance or making a nice little run in WWE. Um, just with everything going on with the bloodline and his 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 sons in regards to this. I can definitely see that. But it's going to be a very, very crazy road to WrestleMania with all the characters involved, the ending of the Elimination Chamber now clearing some of the dust, but there's still a lot of smoke in the air that we that needs to be filled out and pushed away to see the clear picture of WrestleMania. Right. And starting with that is The Rock. We've been there's been so much speculations of going like night one, there's gonna be a tag team match with either Roman Reigns and the and the Rock teaming against with Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. There's something that could be along that. And I also speculated with you of what could happen for the Universal Championship. It is right now set between Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns so that Cody 
will try to finish the story there. But what if someone is added into that story? And I said this before, and I know I'm talking about so many triple threat matches for WrestleMania that the, all these couldn't make sense. But no, the one triple threat match that does make sense to me too is the Universal Championship between Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, and The Rock. Now let's. You did mention that. The, the Universal Championship, they've been saying, like, oh, it's not. It's I still feel it is the title to be. Roman Reigns did a hell of a job making that, and he is still relevant, even though he doesn't have to face multiple times, because that's how Roman Reigns is now built up. He is Roman Reigns, and he has the privilege to be that, just like how Brock Lesnar was. I hate to say it, but, yeah, sometimes these part-time wrestlers do deserve these titles, and I'm... Roman Reigns does. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but Roman Reigns does. He is your tribal chief. And we all acknowledge the tribal chief. The head of the table. But and even though it is The Rock and the charismatic as he is, prime time. I you know that his WrestleMania record isn't the greatest for the great one. Oh no, not at all. But like you nope. said for the Rock, you can still lose and still be on top. And I like that he's back as as a heel. I love the Rock as a heel. Oh yes, absolutely. Heel Rock Heel Rock has always been good. There's never been a bad when the the Rocky Maivia became the Rock. That was good. When Hollywood Rock was a thing, that was good. So now this new Rock, who seems Hollywoodish, but it's more like Bloodline Rock, is definitely good for business. And. It's gonna be really. It's gonna be really interesting to see how they include him at this WrestleMania because I'm, I'm thinking he's got to wrestle somehow. It's just a question of where and when are they gonna be able to use the Rock, who's an old new toy, to put into their program. But speaking of old. And then things becoming new again. Switch topics a little bit. We have some old but new players on teams in the Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball. So now we have Scream Dragons just started up. So a lot of the new players are now with their teams and now begin to, you know, take batting practice. They're doing preseason games. And I know that you know that I know we are very excited about a new player that is residing in Yankee Stadium on Weekend Champion. Are we talking about a duo of our captain and veteran 
but Yankee rookie Juan Soto and Aaron Judge. I believe we are. I know we're not talking about Marcus Stroman. So, yes, we are talking about the Judge and Soto. The Bronx Bombers back again. So, I was, like, going through, like, today they faced the Blue Jays. And this is one thing I'm hoping that they that they're learning to do and they need to do this is putting the ball in play and making plays, not just going after the home runs. But it was so nice to see a blast from Juan Soto. Oh, absolutely. We're looking forward to seeing a lot more of those this year while he's in pinstripes. And the Yankees have... You know, they had Garrett Cole there, who did a great job. They lost, I saw that they lost um, Luis Severino, but they got Marcus Stroman to replace. So it's going to be, it's going to be very, very, it looks good so far for the Yankees. The Yankees are actually the favorites to come out of the AL East. And I believe they are the fourth, highest team in regards to the odds to win the World Series. I hope that is true. The odds are that it's going to be in the high for a World Series matchup. We're looking at Yankees versus Dodgers. <laughs> as much as I can say about this, I I hate the Dodgers. I do. They have all this backing. But like you said, they are in to be a bust. Yes, they absolutely are. Because with all that talent, all that money you're spending, you you have to win the whole thing. There's no, oh, we won the division. Yeah. No, 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 no. We won 100 again. No, 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 no. Oh, we won the NL pennant, but no, 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 no. You must win the World Series, the whole thing. And if you do, nobody will be surprised. Nobody will say, oh my goodness, you've accomplished such a feat. You are supposed to do this. So anything less is a failure. You are literally just trying to get AC. <laughs> Let's just and I'm I'm hoping the Yankees need. Uh, I'll be honest. This is this is Aaron Boone's make it or break it year. If he doesn't pull the results, he's gone. And I also think it's also make it or break it for Cashman too. You say the I'm not sure who the skipper is on the Dodgers side, but you could probably say the same thing for him because I can't see. I, I, goodness sake, I can be manager there. I can win a hundred games with that lineup. Oh, it's, it, I mean, you're like almost like questioning yourself if you can go undefeated for that with that team. Mm-hmm. Very much so. 
I mean, there are some other contenders. You have your Braves. You know, the Braves are, are still there. You, of course, have the reigning, defending, undisputed World Series champions, the Texas Rangers. You know, you, and, of course, you have the Astros, who just seem to keep winning the AL pennant time after time after time so they're still there some old teams are still there but like you said it looks like based on the odds makers it looks like it's going to be a yankees dodgers world series which is up there with a celtics lakers nba finals I will say this that would be going in for a deep run is the is the Texas Rangers because you have Bruce Bochy as your manager and there's no one else that can really I mean Bruce Bochy I can't for this when he was in San Francisco Giants for what he accomplished there so I would also I mean that's probably one team that the Yankees have to try to get through I don't think the Astros I feel like the Astros are winding down. I still feel they're going to be up there, but I don't think they. the West is going to go to the Texas Rangers. Absolutely. I feel like the Rangers are, you know, they got a lot, they got some older players there, but they're not that old. They can still give you one more year of outstanding baseball. You know who's not there, and who I believe looking at had a five thousand to one odd chance to win the World Series. A team that plays in what used to be called Shay. A team that spun a enormous amount of money only for. Most of that money to be wasted, the players that they wasted on to be gone. I, of course, am talking about the New York Mets. The New York Mets are forever in rebuild. And I'll tell you another team that is forever and will ever be in rebuild. I don't see them coming back. They haven't really made so many great moves. I'm talking about a team in a place in Massachusetts... Which I do hate that state very much so. Yeah, to a boo. camp that I went to. Boomass. Yes, Boomass, Boo Crane Lake Camp. No, <laughs> fuck Crane Lake Camp. <laughs> um, I'm talking about the Boston Red Sox. Yes, and it does seem that every single team in the AL East has made moves, is on the come-up, aside from the Red Sox. The Rays have been doing well. The Blue Jays have enormous amounts of talent. The Orioles are getting better. But those Red Sox, those Red Sox, Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. It's almost as if they broke their curse. 
And then we're back to being bad again. The worst movie of the year is Fever Pitch. Can you explain to our audience, Kid Champagne, what Fever Pitch is? I'd rather not say it's too horrible to even think about, but I will put it through. It is starring a comedian known as Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore about how this kid guy got has season tickets to the Boston Red Sox and then how how it was won and then they put it through and then they put in an agony of how the Red Sox um won the 2004 World Series so I don't like talking about it it's a movie that I got a DVD once and I decided to put in the fire just because I just wanted to. It's good fireplace. It's good firewood for Yankees fans. I absolutely understand that. Like a bad picture from school. Some things are just meant to be burnt and forgotten about. And never to be spoken of again. Yes. So hopefully that was the last time we ever had to... You know, you have some firewood of your own that you would like, that you would think so. Like if you see stuff about when Freeport won the Long Island Championship, the Nassau County Championship or something, you just have to put that in the fire because what did we think about Freeport? They suck. (laughs) <laughs> but it's going to be one hell of a season as you know we are not doing the nine game plan as we do but prime time we are going to go to Yankee Stadium again and I hope to do plan that we are going to go to the visiting to see a subway series at City Field, which we will wear the Yankees, and maybe we will be chanting chicken buckets there. We don't have to see if they sell any, and if they're in the chicken buckets section. Chicken buckets, chicken buckets, chicken buckets, chicken buckets. The game that we're going to be randomly doing will will be um, soon enough. And we will get back, but we will be doing a special... We will definitely going to a Yankee game. We have to go. And we shall rise for the judge when we do. We will try and get... We will try and get tickets in the, in the chamber section. Ah, yes, yes, yes. We definitely try that. We have to see what the Chambers section is all about. Now, going from a season that is starting to unravel, we can go now to one season that is starting to wrap up, which is the NHL hockey season. Now, for New York teams... This 
season hasn't been the greatest season ever. Now, Kate Champagne, do you care to explain why? Islanders are falling apart. Especially for now after this, I think a lot of Islanders fans that are just going there, I mean, I'm a true Islanders fan and I would go because I would show my pride for them. But not for like tickets at $100. I don't do that. To be honest with you, I was, I mean, I was driving home from Boston. Uh, yes, I was in Boston and had a nice family. Well, getting into that, even though it was fun, I did non-baseball things in Boston. But as I was driving, you know, it was time for that. The Rangers, if you know the Rangers suck, clap your hands. Faced in one of the biggest games of regular season that they have with the Islanders. And that was at MetLife Stadium for the stadium series. Now, primetime, when I last said they were up 4-1. to one. And then somehow in the second period, they went in, they went into overtime and they lost. They still got a point, but they lost, but... Like, it's like, how could you do this? It's like more, and it was a home, it was considered a home game to the Islanders. Now, if anybody doesn't know this on why it wasn't to the Rangers, I can tell you why. The New York Rangers and Dolan have a unique deal where they are the only professional sports team in the country that is tax exempt. <clears throat> and according to that deal, you cannot play, they can't play any of their home games outside of Madison Square Garden. If they do, they lose their tax exempt status. So that's why it wasn't on this home game, because they're not losing tax exempt status. No, 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 no. Dolan needs that money. Hence why back in 2013, when the Winter Classic was at City Field, the Rangers versus Buffalo Sabres, but Buffalo was the home team, even though they were like 300 miles away from Buffalo. <laughs> Anything just to keep that tax exam status. Even though that makes... That's actually a detriment to a team that decides to be the home team because it's not a home game. It's not at all. You're in a place that you're unfamiliar with, with probably less than the amount of fans you normally would have for a home game. So, yeah, as long as the New York Rangers keep writing them checks... To the other owners, because that's the only way I would think somebody would agree to take on the home team game when you're not at home. You know that reminds me of Kid Champagne, the 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 London and the Mexico football games, the National Football League games when they're in like a completely different like continent. Yeah, and some poor schmuck team has to take that as a home game. 
which is most their fans caught the flight <laughs> the international flight <laughs> that's not fair that's not fair at all no it isn't I'd be like, you know what, at that point, let the owners, like, hey, if you need airfare for this just because we want you guys to support us because you are season ticket holders, here's your airfare, here is your hotel room expense just because you're a season ticket holders, and that's what we should do. <laughs> but I, I gotta tell you, it was just like seeing that, like, you, that's just something you don't do. You don't lose in overtime if it's a home game, especially when you're at a, a 60, 70,000 fan arena and it's you're the home, home team. No, you don't do that. And even though the one, one Islanders game I went to where they got absolutely smacked around like little kids... Um, you put in a new coach and you thought that's going to do any good but let me tell you something prime time yes that game was horrible and there was another game that was so horrible that just put that back in my memory and I was thinking about going to another game this year against like the Devils on a Sunday and after seeing like this memory Brought back up, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I do not want to waste my money on that. Nope, nope, nope. So I'm I'm fo- more focused on baseball. So I'm done with hockey. If, even if they make it to the playoffs, they'll be a one in, one round and out. But this is not a team that is going. I'm sorry. I don't think they're going at this. I think the best thing for this Islanders team to do is just tank the rest of the season and go in and get good picks in the draft, be sellers by the trade deadline, and that's it. Yeah, that's the best thing they can do. Because honestly, I've seen that the the Islanders just seem to have so much overtime games and they seem to go in overtime all the time, but they're not winning. They 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 just they just hang on to lose. They just like, okay, okay, we can hang out. Okay, all right, we made it to the, the point of the time where it's time okay, it's night night time. It's time for us to go to sleep. Okay, go ahead and score the goal. We can go to sleep. Go to sleep now. We made it. We barely made it, but we made it. So, yeah, definitely not a playoff team. Definitely need some reconstruction around that team, and it's going to be it's going to be something to see how the Islanders, as one of New York's teams, comes back because that's the thing you can say about New York teams. Except for the football teams, they usually have a lot of money. And they usually spend a good amount of money. Because everybody wants to come to New York. They definitely do. Like, that's why New, as far for me, as far for you, for the Yankees, for the Islanders, for us. I know for you, for, the, for football, for the Buccaneers... 
As far as for basketball for me, I don't really have a team that I'm committed to. But if it is, I'm the, I, I'm going to be going with Golden State Warriors. I mean, they're still, they're still hanging around. They'll, they'll make the playoffs. But, yeah. um, There's no, no, they, no New York team for basketball I can't go around. I hate Dolan. I can't do for the Knicks and everything. And especially for what he's going on that he's been dropped out of the owners. But with Dolan, it's a very unique situation for him. Because what he put it... Say what you want about Dolan, but he's smart. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He is all about... He may not feel the greatest teams ever, but he's making money. He is definitely making money. And not um, just for anything. Even though, like, you, you've seen owners that done some very harsh things and then they have the committee tell you that they force you to sell the team. The only thing... I hate Dolan, but... As smart as he is, he's a smart SOB. Because he tied the Rangers and the Knicks. He tied them up into his ownership in Madison Square Garden. The only way he can sell those teams if he sells the Garden. It's a package deal. So you can... If someone says force you... I'm, you have to sell the team, so you you. But hey, it's their part of my Madison Square Garden. You can't tell me to sell Madison Square Garden, so I'm the owner until I tell. I say it's done. He played. He played that committee. Mm-hmm. Played the system, found the loophole, and exploited it completely. And the owners are probably not sick of him enough to actually do anything about it. So, there he stays. And that's how it is. And he can charge whatever he wants because it's Madison Square Garden. And it's in New York. So, there are people who will pay it. And there's nothing about this. And let me just put it this way and one thing clear. The great... The late Frank Sinatra said it in a song, and it's played at the end of every game at our beloved Yankee Stadium. If you can make it here, then you can make it anywhere. It's up to you, New York, New York. And then so we end that episode here with that. We will continue as long as we watch Monday Night Raw. We'll get this going on our next episode. Um, just want to be putting it this way. Um, I also have a show, Nostalgia Time with Kid Champagne, and both Primetime is going to be coming on my next show on Nostalgia Time with Kid Champagne as we talk about one of our beloved Nickelodeon shows back in the day. I love this show so much. The Adventures of Pete and Pete, which will be coming soon. And we're also going to be making a major announcement on Nostalgia Time with Kid Champagne one after we do that episode. So please come in for that. Until next time, I am Kid Champagne. And this is Primetime. Kid Champagne and Primetime signing off. Signing off.